Um, welcome to the listeners <laughs> the NCR podcast. Welcome to the NCR podcast. Thanks for having me. Mike Govro. Co-owner? Uh, owner. Owner. Yeah. yeah. Full owner of? Yeah. Optimized Optima. Physiotherapy and Sport Medicine. So that's, we're, that's the we're in Ottawa, owner. Riverside South. So, yeah. Great neighborhood. Yes. I know. I know you're out there. Yeah, so. it's a great neighborhood. Um, lots of schools, young families, you know, parks. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. It's growing. It's, it's like we, we set up about four years ago and... Um, just looking at the prospect of growth in the area is, yeah. is, is something. And then the LRT now is, is going yeah, out there. So huge. probably still take another five, 10 years, but yeah. Awesome. Nice. So those of you who don't know, we got a Mike, Mike just partnered with us and put a satellite location in, in uh, CrossFit NCR. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mike's been around the gym quite a bit. Some of you, maybe if you're a member here, you may have seen him. If, if you're not, then uh, this is going to be your first introduction to Mike, but uh we talk about some physiotherapy, talk about, uh, you know, how Mike has grown so much in such a short period of time. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background uh, of you um, and sort of how you started uh, Optimize? Yeah, so um, I, I actually did biology in university in undergrad and then didn't know what I wanted to do at the end of that. So... My dad's actually a sport med doc, so I've, I saw a physiotherapist growing up. He worked with physios, so and ended he, up... He works with you, right? Yeah, yeah. he works with, with us. So we're a sport medicine clinic as well. We've got uh, my dad's in there, uh, and then Dr. White is another kind of younger doc who's joined us. Um, similar mindset, and we and that's one of the things. We all have kind of a similar mindset, and that, that's what kind of uh, drives us forward. But uh, yeah, so biology, got into physio after that. I went to Western, that's in London, Ontario, and then uh, from there, I started, I came back and I started working in Ottawa, so I immediately was, um, I knew I didn't want to work in, like, the standard type of physio clinic, because that what exists for the most part is is essentially, um, you're, you're going to be seeing three or four people an hour, um, really machine-based, so modality-based, um, and it, Unfortunately, it's what people think about as physiotherapy in a lot of cases. And unfortunately, I think that's giving us a bad name in some cases. So I saw what I didn't want to do, and then I always had an idea of what I wanted to do. So melding, we'll get into that, but melding like strength training principles, mobility principles, just a really active approach, empowering the person to, to get take, it, take control of their own body. Um, so that's kind of where we started and then, and then from there just kind of built up from there. So basically the traditional physio, when you're seeing four patients in an hour, there's just not enough time, not enough time. Um, it's all based on, uh, you know, it's profit driven. So the company is making a lot of money off you. Uh, you're seeing, you know, crazy amount of people, but you're not able to actually work one-on-one with them. So you're sending them off. It's almost like you're shipping them off to, uh, to work on their the things that matter, which is like the, your, their exercises, the, the movement part of things, uh, education, you're shipping them off to other people. And then, you know, right. they're, they're using machines the whole time too. So yeah, basically um, the whole model I think needed to change. And that's why what our goal is to kind of 
uh, be an example of what it can be and what it should be. So, yeah, that's kind of driving us. Is that an example of maybe like the old guard versus the new guard in the physiotherapy world? Because I see like kind of that's somewhat of a trend of yeah. people our age, maybe or like people coming into the physiotherapy world as opposed to the old guard, maybe. For sure. I think people are starting to wake up for that to that. And I think it's just the unfortunate part is there's not enough places that uh, that support that model so that. Um, even though there's a bunch of, you know, each year there's tons of graduates and they, they're like, okay, here's how I want to treat, but then they have to enter a workplace where it's you, like, you just can't treat that way. So, so they they often get disenfranchised, um, and, and almost, you know, I almost got burnt out the first few years because I was working in a way that I wanted to make a huge change in people's lives, but I didn't have the time to do so. Um, and I saw what was going on behind the scenes and, um, things like just weird stuff like, um, like quotas and like, you know, the, the owners of the businesses or the, the uh, manager saying like, you know, you have to see people this amount of times per week, that type of thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not what I thought it was getting into it. Sounds like a global gym. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just, I was just thinking of the parallel to the fitness industry for sure, but (laughs) it's more like, uh, so do you think like the old guard or the, the more like franchise physiotherapy clinics have, uh, look at, look at maybe your business model and say like, it's impossible that you'll be making money. You know, you're spending yeah. too much time with with each individual client. You know, you're not, pr- you know, you're not uh, as efficient as you can be with your hour. Is that how they look at it? Maybe I would I would say so. Yeah, because uh, if you looked at just straight up numbers on a page, um, short term, I would say looking at short term versus long term too. Um, in the short term, it's not going to be as profitable. Um, thing is, you can still be profitable. It's just a matter of are you going to be as profitable. But I think that the problem is that. A lot of these businesses are they're predicated on like continual growth and, and infinite growth. So, for instance, a couple of companies in Ottawa just got bought out by uh, publicly traded companies. Um, so it's like okay, now they're having to appease their shareholders. They're trying to keep numbers going in mm-hmm. in this certain direction. So it's like, where does it end? Like, do we get people in more and more? But the problem is like it's gonna something's got to give because patients who come to see us are like, oh, like this is a much better experience like i'm never going back to somewhere like that i felt like i was a, a cattle going like being shipped through yeah. um so it's like i think we're we're going with um you know repeat customers word of mouth and it's like we're starting to grow organically that way because people are seeing the, the difference there so um we're just sticking to our guns because you can still be uh profitable and um you know and have a good business model that way that's so. what i find interesting in the physiotherapy world because in the way i see it and correct me if i'm wrong is if you see a, a client, wouldn't the overall goal uh, be to never see them again? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like you're you say repeat customers and, and bringing people back to the clinic. But at the end of the day, like you want them out of the clinic. You want them out right? of the clinic. You want to create. Yeah, you do want to create like an independence um, over over time. What we're finding is that now that we have the resources and time to spend with individuals, um, we're able to delve into other aspects of their health. We're able to talk to them about the stresses they have at their workplace, um, get into like basics of nutrition, just some other basic stuff. Um, whereas, cause these are all factors contributing to their, whatever it is, their knee pain, um, that they come in with. There's, it's, it's never just as simple as like you, you have, you know, something hurts. Sometimes it is like you fell on the weekend, it hurts, but oftentimes there's some, some deep levels of it. So we're able to see them. So that allows us to see them maybe not as frequently, but, um, maybe uh, slightly longer. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, you're diving in more in the, in the philosophy of, of, uh, of injury prevention, injury prevention, of, yeah. overall health. Um, because unfortunately like. A lot of people don't have 
anybody to go to for for general health like um and and they're they're often like they're missing the boat on some basics like nobody's ever talked to them about the, this their sleep stuff like that um so so yeah we're able to go into that and and then it like i said the word of mouth i think a lot of times um if you go to the stories i've heard from people who go to to other places it's almost like hey i'm gonna tell uh my family and friends to not go there because of the experience i had and we're going by the the opposite ho hopefully saying like hey they didn't try to rip me off they they were honest they were trying to help me maybe i didn't see them as long yeah. but um they're uh, they're gonna tell their family and friends go there because of that so yeah great the reality of a health-based business practice too is like you'd r rather not see the person because yeah, they can stand on their own two feet and stay healthy, but the population is so big. Like this is think of a That's think of a thing. doctor. Mm -hmm. You'd r the doctor would rather not see you because you're healthy, but at the end of the day, everyone needs a doctor, and there's For so sure. many people that the doctor will always be busy. Same idea with the physiotherapist, exactly. you know. So. No, I think that's good what you're doing. Look that's how many physio places there are, like just in Ottawa. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It's like every corner there's. So it's like okay, clearly there's people going to these places or else they yeah. wouldn't exist. So it's not a matter of that. You're right. Is it's like there'll always be be people to that you can help. And there's different levels of it too. Like some people were going more for performance. Um, in in terms of like they might be an athlete with something nagging going on and we're just looking at cleaning some little things up whereas other people it might be a complete kind of revamp and get, get them to look at just getting them moving again and stuff like that so yeah. i mean if you're focusing on the quality too you're always gonna you're always gonna make it more likely that they're gonna come back to you instead of someone else that's another right? thing, like yeah. th you just said you can you know you can't even count the number of times someone has defected from one of these crappy physio clinics and come to you being like oh my god i feel like i'm being treated like a king and all this stuff mm -hmm. well i bet you 9.9 .9 out of 10 times they're going to come back to you, you that's know, the thing unless they like move to some other city you that's know? that's it can you talk a little bit about um uh your overall mission for the for the company and for yourself because i if you guys don't know mike has an unbelievable following on instagram and like the stuff that you put out is is real good stuff. What's you know, the handle? Can, What's your handle? It's uh, at optimize.physiotherapy. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's just a lot of good stuff about functional movement and and the reason why we found that this partnership was was obvious is because of your focus on that stuff and what we do in the gym is is essentially the same. Um so and and you also travel and you give seminars so people pay lots of money to come learn from you. Um, mm -hmm. so, and you run the business and now you're here one day a week. So you seem to be doing a lot of stuff and even just, you know, taking care of that Instagram is probably a lot of work, right? So yeah, what's, uh, where's this going? Where's the, what's the mission? What's the, uh, the overall goal? Um, so I think from a, from a local standpoint, uh, growing the like brick and mortar business, um, I don't want it to become like a, a franchise, uh, I would say, and but I'm never going to put um, limits on that. But I would say just growing that organically um, and helping just give give other physiotherapists, like I said, the, the a chance to treat how they want to treat. So I want to give other physio and I want to show that like physiotherapy doesn't need to be what people think it is. And, um, you know. It's just about that opportunity uh, to give others the chance. And then from a, from a teaching standpoint, I want to just make that same change uh, more globally um, in, the, in the country, outside of the country, just trying to, trying to educate new upcoming physios, especially on um, how things can be done, how things maybe should be done, um, and just being a, a good force for, for health um, in general, because I think, as, as you guys know, 
uh, it's 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 a little rough these days, and and people are having trouble just keeping it together in terms of their you know basics of health, movement, and all mm-hmm. that. Um, so I just want to try to be a, f- a force for good. And uh, but another thing is like when I went to physio school, the the stuff I learned, I realized shortly thereafter, because having a background in sports strength and conditioning, I realized hmm, what we're being taught is not necessarily the most effective way to do things. Um, and there's like I said, hundreds of physiotherapists in in uh, Ontario alone just being trained each year this way. So. Um, when I, when I go to, uh, like I'm going to London, Ontario this weekend to teach at Western. So some of the students there. So when I go to these places, I just try to show, I'm not saying to say like what you're te- you know, what you're learning in school is wrong. I'm just trying to say like, you know, here's another o- way to look at it. And oftentimes right. it just opened people's minds up to, and I'm just trying to give people in some excitement because sometimes they're actually, uh, met with some frustration when they're learning these kind of outdated ways of doing things, especially in social media age where they're like, Hey, I see these people doing this stuff o- online, but we're learning this stuff. It's like, what's going on here. Right. So trying to break some of the confusion there with, with, uh, with the teaching aspect of things, so the new like the new ways of doing things. Are you are you're talking about using more of a functional, a functional movement based approach, like to rehabilitate versus yeah. like manual therapy type of thing? Is this? Yeah, so it's just like, and there's a lot of debate on this in the in the rehab world. It's like what, what works, what doesn't work. Um, let's start talking about like the actual mechanisms behind what's what's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- the consensus is that like movement strengthening, um. I would say that like movement, the strengthening can be considered part of movement. Movement is kind of the answer that we and we want to we want to take advantage of movement as um, one of the pillars of health um, and use that as our modality to to get people better. So movement can be a modality to allow people to, um, you know, if you just consider basic exercise, just getting somebody's mm-hmm. heart rate up, that's a modality to improve their mood, improve mm-hmm. their mental function, mm-hmm. cognitive function. It's a modality to help them lose weight, things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, movement is a modality to help break fear associated with injury. It's a modality to help strengthen tendons. So it's basically an overarching modality that that we can use to, to help people out. And at the end um, of the day, it's the movement dysfunction that's the reason they're coming to you anyway, right? So exactly. if you can fix that function and, you know, make them make the movement a little bit better quality exactly and it's it's a combination of like some of these people that we see um it, it's a matter of like they're just not um they don't come from a physical background so a lot of times it's it's like getting them reacquainted with just moving like moving their yeah. physical body around and, and showing them what it's like and sticking to basics at first like can yeah. you can you complete a hip hinge can you do some some basics and then we can start to and that's the thing is like we start down this path and maybe maybe we get them out of pain or maybe we help with that, but maybe they continue with us a little longer because yeah. maybe we can work on um, adding some other movements to their repertoire and, and uh, just giving the, building them a more of a buffer. A little bit of a strength buffer goes a long way, as you guys know. Yeah. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's like if I, I don't want to just get you out of pain because I don't want to see you back, yeah, mm-hmm. ideally, so maybe we can build that, that up. So that sounds like it's almost you're you're almost building a base, not just like a strength buffer, but you're giving them the tools that they need to maybe start continuing a strength program of their own. Yeah. You know, and then maybe and then maybe that's what the thing that keeps them from coming back is it's not just what you've done for them in the clinic, but they actually can start to be more physically active on their own. Be confident that they're, you know, doing a proper hip hinge or doing confidence. It's the movement confidence and movement competence. It's it's kind of the the both. And once they once they understand that they're a lot of people uh, are just not um, not confident with using their bodies and and they're very hesitant and fearful to enter a gym setting um, and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, you compile, you, you put an injury or layer an injury on top of that mm-hmm. or, or some sort of pain. Um, it makes it 10 times worse. So they don't do like the last thing they want to do is enter a gym. So, 
um, yeah, part of it is that. And then, you know, you can work up from there. But So when you go when you go to the lectures and you talk about all this stuff, or is there's good reception, there's positive feedback that you're getting from the students and all that? For sure. And, and like sometimes people have to digest it a little bit. Sometimes it, it, it um, like anything, I think that a sign of a good seminar is if you, if you go to a seminar and you, and it kind of, uh, makes you a bit uncomfortable, that's a good thing because it's right. like, Oh, it, it makes you think about like, how might have been doing things? And maybe it makes you want to change the way you're, you're doing things. But the, the uncomfortable feeling is a good thing. And I think that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but people generally are really receptive to it. And, um, and I don't try to teach, I teach specific exercises and stuff like that, but I, I mm-hmm. try to teach more of the, the principles behind it all and like what we want to try to do with people and because everybody's going to present differently. So it's a matter of like, where do we want to go with somebody? What's the, what's the goal of all right. this? So. Is that organized by like Western university, like the program or you're just no. having it? Okay. You're having <laughs> they, it on campus. <laughs> they actually uh, tried to shut it down last okay. year because I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so it's so we just I, I uh, made connections with uh, one of the one of the students there. I've been d- this is the third year in a row that, uh, that we're doing it. So, but yeah, last year we tried to do it on campus and rent a room for them, and then the the professors found out and they they s- did an announcement to all the students and said, uh, "Hey, we strongly uh, suggest that you don't take any extracurricular courses until after you graduate." Mm. And uh, right after they found out, and we're like, "Huh, interesting. this is interesting." Yeah. So we did it anyways, and we just uh, we rented a room uh, like privately, and I'm doing the same thing this year. Okay. So, yeah. Would you say that the the scientific research out there for physiotherapy, in terms of the like the old guard, the amount of literature just in sheer volume outweighs the amount of literature of the new guard like supporting it and this is kind of why the teaching obviously hasn't started to switch over yet uh i would say that's a that's a big part of it yeah um that being said we're starting to see some really good research and um like i went to a seminar a few weeks ago by uh professor or uh, a physio named uh, Greg Lehman and he kind of presented all of the newest research and all on all the research that is that's existed and again we can paint a good story with research I think a lot of times um, we can uh, we can kind of abuse research or or make our own story with it but I think that the overarching theme was that like what works and, and finding out exactly. like if you look a, a bit deeper into the research you will see that like some of the machines that mm-hmm. they use don't have good evidence for them ultrasound uh stimulation like or it's like what do they actually do they work for what they're supposed mm-hmm. to do maybe temporarily decrease pain but they don't fix you yeah. so what does work and and it's all pointing to like movement yeah. um and even the psychosocial aspect of it which is um which has kind of been really popular uh, the you know biopsychosocial model just changing the kind of model and the framework we use mm-hmm. because it's not just um it's not just the 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 bio part and, and a lot of people get medicalized uh you know, and they and they get diagnosed with something, and they get very fearful. So you need to look at uh, all of these things combined. And yeah. uh, there's good research on that coming out. But you're right. I think it, it seems like for for them to be convinced that your lecture is worthy. Yeah. You know, for the students, it needs to be like shoved in their faces a little bit. Like this, I the know. evidence does, you know, show that this stuff actually works. And you can find the evidence. It it yeah. does exist. It's yeah. just you need to paint your own story with it, right. and then. Uh, and unfortunately, there's no overarching like s- there's no single study showing this. As no. you guys know, it's yeah. not like hey, it's a collection. Do, it's just a collection yeah. of things that we can use um, to kind of uh, to lay this out. And uh, but fundamentally, it it makes sense. And mm-hmm. and y- if you go by like the fundamentals, um, mm-hmm. and you use scientific uh, 
research papers, principles mm-hmm. along the way. Clinical practice is, is a night, like that is, that is science right there too. Yeah, exactly. Um, like if you look at the results of your clinical practice and you, you know, the, the number of people that walk away, you know, from your clinic with positive results, like that's a, that's a thing. And it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just, just one of those, one of those things. The science is always kind of slow to catch up and, Big uh, time. And then the the school part of things is the other difficult difficult thing because schools take time to update their curriculums and it's just yeah. it's kind of the nature of having a curriculum is is such that you can't just like change it on the fly you have to like go through loopholes and yeah it's sure it's th- tough it's the physiotherapy college of Canada is that what it is or it's uh there that's like the governing body so okay, there's like yeah, a, yeah. yeah the college yeah. um that. They so the, the schools have to update their curriculums because mm-hmm. um, they get like audited every f- I don't know five years or something like that. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, some schools are known to be better than others, and I think that it depends on uh, like people like me trying to teach uh, teach others outside of school. There's also the individuals within the school system that are taking it upon themselves to teach. And I know some pretty good professors who are like, "Here's what we need to teach you," but also here's like the the real shit almost right here's right. The, here's the stuff that works um and, and they just kind of take it upon themselves and, and they're good. actually good teachers so you need more of those people yeah so basically every physiotherapist goes through the schooling they they go through a series of tests right to get accepted into the physiotherapy college or yeah so there's like there's two national exams uh one written one like practical and yeah you have to pass both of those after you have a physics de- physio degree. So based on what you've learned in school, and then yeah. after that, you're free to practice and do whatever you want. Exactly. Right. So yeah. So now that you know you've had your clinic for how long? Um, just just past the four year mark. Four years. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So like, walk us through a little bit of uh, your treatment plan. Like, I see you in the gym, uh, you know, with people for like you know 30 minutes just like going over the air squat and like just basic hip hinging like you said like Mm -hmm. talk us Mm -hmm. through that a little bit like that's really cool yeah so initially um i'll I'll screen somebody's somebody's movement i mean initially we need to get a good uh story of like why are they why are they here what are they in for um so i try to pick up as much information as possible and we try to get all our therapists doing a, a similar thing because we need to we need to look at the whole picture um but as we know, like movement doesn't lie. So once we get the movement, we can see a lot more as to what might be happening. Um, so, so it's, a, you know, an initial good history that goes on, figuring out what are their goals, wh- what's going on, where do they want to get? Sometimes it's like little things. People are so mad because they can't get back to like something specific um, that, that it affects their whole life and they're, they kind of go in downward spirals. So anyways, y- you want to get to, after that we get to movement and we just see like, what are their, what are their movement habits? What are their what are movement options do they have? What's their mobility like? So what is their baseline joint mobility like? Um, so yeah, just kind of putting that all together, we find I, I like to think of putting people in, in boxes. If we're looking at just the bio part of it, um, is it is it more of a mobility problem that they might be having? Is it more of a kind of a movement uh, movement habits slash movement quality problem? Um, slash stability problem or is it what would be an example of a bio problem but like Like bio just looking reception you mean or i'm looking at more of just like you know just the the body part of things like not taking into account like stresses they have at work or like um other things like that i'm just looking at straight up movement um so and sometimes we just stick to that but sometimes just somebody comes in and they have, have a bunch of other stuff going on so you have to like the reason why their shoulders up here and their traps are always tight is because they're stressed at work or they're breathing poorly or whatever. So, right, right, right. but if we're sticking to mo- mainly like movement stuff, um, I- I'm looking at, 
are they yeah more mobility more uh more stability or or a combination of both usually mm-hmm. it's a combination of both some people are blatantly just super stiff they they're they're lacking like 50% of their potential joint mobility like the tromblaze <laughs> so, yeah well everyone's got their own like levels of mobility yeah, but yeah. some people just are got some mobility he's saying, he's saying there's yeah, some hope some, for you yeah. Yeah. you can get your arm overhead that's yeah, good yeah, yeah. that's on. good yeah no exactly so so that's kind of i usually start on like what i find the biggest uh factor might be in terms of like why something i try to get to the bottom of like why are they in pain that's right. and it, and is it because certain joints don't move? We we like to look at the body, uh, you know, through regional interdependence. So it's like one part affects the other part. Mm-hmm. If your if your hips are super super stuck and your ankles don't move, your knees are going to have a little bit of a tough time along the mm-hmm. way. Um, so things like that. So I'll try to address these things, and then I kind of like organize things. What's our biggest priority? What do we want to start on? Um, some people it's just like let's get them moving that's the first goal some right. people it's um let's develop some habits let's start working on your mobility but i usually spend some um like hands-on time with somebody so so i'll work on a bit of manual therapy uh, i tend to, to do a lot more like tissue work i do some dry needling so these are just tools as needed and um but they can help people uh just you know open up windows of opportunity to then work further into and then i'll usually right. bring them out and you guys see me when i'm out almost in the gym. like a warm-up before a yeah workout warm up, uh, loosen things up a little bit, create some space, uh, get them moving with my assistance, uh, break some fear, and then uh, go out in the gym. And you guys see me there, so, so that's where w- we might be doing more mobility that day. We might be working on some fundamental movements. Yeah. Uh, we might be loading them up a little bit. A lot of people just need to be introduced to a bit of load. Somebody comes yeah. in with a frozen shoulder, yeah. the first thing I'm doing is handing them some kettlebells and getting them to walk with it. Like Just right. handle some load because yeah. they've been guarding that shoulder for so long, not yeah. using it. The, the like even their brain's acknowledgement of that shoulder just goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't even exist. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, that kind of stuff. And then from there, um, just kind of building them up. If we start on mobility, but we, we need to address movement as well, we'll get to that maybe in session two. Um, and then I try to layer on like a, a good home program. So yeah. Depending on if the individual is, if they're a mover, if they if they've got some basic concepts, I'll give them some more stuff to work on. Day one, if it, if it's somebody who's very fresh, um, I might just give them one or two things and be like, work on this for a week or two, and come see me. So come back. And I don't want to overwhelm them, even yeah. though I want to help them improve. So so you'll have a, a very wide variety of of clients, right? Like you'll have for sure the athlete come in. You'll have like the triathletes that come in and say like you know, I need to get back on the bike with my knees not hurting. Or you'll yeah. have, you know, an, an older woman come in and say, like, I want to be able to pick up my grandkid. Exactly. You know? It's a it's a combination. And and for the athletic populations, it a lot, a lot of it boils down to, like, load management um, and stress management. So it's like, yes, you might be moving pretty well. Maybe we can clean up some things. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of, like, we need to get you to back off. We need to do in right. these few things. Um, maybe we need to work around. We need to figure out how to work around some stuff in the short term so we can layer it back in. Um, and a lot of the a lot of athletes do this naturally. A lot of athletes, um, a lot of trainers work on this stuff too. So there's, a, there's overlap between different fields. But, um, yeah, just... You, you take it for granted, like these little, even a different perspective, like somebody comes to you and you're like, okay, maybe we can, maybe you've never seen this thing before. This can help you do, you know, get to this point and then we can add this back in. So yep. different ways of doing things. You're almost trying to like troubleshoot and, uh, and figure out a plan for people along the way. That's cool. Do you see a lot of CrossFitters? Um, I would say, uh, not like a, 
no more than like anybody, no anybody else. I do see quite, uh, not not quite a few, but I will see a few from around the Barhaven area and then like in the city. Um, I've worked with quite a few in the past though on on different things, and sometimes it's a matter of just like some cleaning up some mobility for them, um, and to get them back in action. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm happily surprised a lot of times with their their baseline level of uh level of movement and even mobility a lot of times it's like they've got uh, some of these fundamentals nailed already so um it's just a matter sometimes it comes down to load management with them too mm-hmm. um or i mean as we know like a lot of a lot of people work at the desks these days and, right. and it's just like sometimes it's just a matter of like hey you need to prioritize some more mobility work and right. you need to undo your desk job so that you can get back in action a little bit right so um so yeah it's a uh, like any sport i'd say though like it's like you'll i'll see the young hockey players sometimes like i i see um 13 14 15 year old hockey players and they're some of the worst for just like super stiff and they just go yeah. from like sitting mm-hmm. all day slouching at, at, uh, at school and then ripping they on the ice yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like okay yeah. Something, zero something to 100 zero yeah. warm-up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's definitely one of, that's one of the challenges i think with running the crossfit class with the huge demographic and the mm-hmm. types of people that are some are like some are are construction workers some are desk job people yeah and it's like you know trying to educate them in the group setting of okay maybe you need to take a little bit more time in your warm up or maybe today's skill isn't actually where you're going heavy but you're just going to continue warming up and then the back half of class is where you're going to crank the intensity yeah you know mm-hmm. something like that just to just to make sure they're not overdoing it and then going straight back to their desk or whatever it is you know exactly yeah, yeah. it's how you piece it into their their day in life and it's like everything is always dynamic like they might not be there it's like working with individuals like they might not be there today, but but, uh, you know, in a month or, or two months, they might be there. So it's allowing, you know, a good coach will guide the uh, the person towards where they want to be, but also knows when to hold them back when they when they probably shouldn't be doing something. That's, and I've, I've seen some good things out of you guys, too, and what you uh, how you program things, because like little nuances like, hey, uh, even the class I took with you guys, it's like little things like, you know, um, you will give people tips along the way and and maybe kind of suggest that maybe they don't go heavier today and maybe they should just keep it at something like that. So little things right. go a long way. I think that's what makes the difference between, um, you know, a good uh, facility and, and somewhere that's, you know, more average or not so good or somewhere there where people might get um, injured more or somewhere where people are very, uh, you know, almost bulletproof because of the coaching quality that they have. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's key, and I think that same principle applies to all sports and and uh, coaching in different sports. It's that the mentality of like go hard all the time is not. Um, it's it's kind of something you got to play around with um, and know when to pull back and then know when to know right. when to push them. Sometimes people need to push more. That's Big the time. other thing. It's like, it's uh, yeah, and it's just yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. And not assuming, I think you know, like you said, you know, the good coach is the one that's going to vocalize sort of what they're what they're thinking is in terms of we call it threshold training you know okay turning up the intensity dialing it back when it's needed yeah. and a lot of the time i think people assume that the athlete knows what they should be doing in that moment exactly. and in the coaches are thinking in their head they know exactly what should happen but instead of vocalizing it and telling the athlete like hey let's dial it back a little bit today they just assume that they're going to do it on their own or something mm-hmm. right when really they need your advice yeah, because yeah, you've seen you've seen patterns. You've mm-hmm. worked through it yourself. You've, yeah. When you see hundreds and or thousands of people over time, you're like, okay, here, I've seen this scenario before, and yeah. and it like you're right. It, sometimes it's a matter of like, okay, you've seen it, but can you actually vocalize it and can yeah. you get it across to them in a way that 
um, that sits well with them too. It's like, we're not saying that you're, you're weak or anything. We're not saying, yeah, it's like, we're just, you know, we're looking out for you. And, and once they know that, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Do you, uh, you took a class here. You took mm-hmm. a couple classes here. Yeah. Uh, one so far. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll get you right? in for number two pretty yeah. soon here. Yeah. yeah. I need to, but, uh, what are like, do you notice similarities between just like, I mean, aside from the fact that we're, working out at intensity compared to you uh with your physio practice are definitely a lot lower intensity relatively yeah. speaking there's pro- it's probably intense for some people no, exactly. but uh i noticed the first thing when i walked into your your physio clinic at riverside south i was like dude this is a crossfit gym i was like there's a yeah. crossfit gym with like doctor's offices over here and yeah. a couple beds in yeah, the corner yeah. like there's like a little mini rig in the yeah, back and yeah. like some matting and yeah kettlebells and bumper plates yeah and yeah we wanted it to look we want it to be primarily like a movement facility so yeah. people are comfortable whatever level they're at moving right. and getting like we have balance teams now we're going to keep adding to that just more stuff like create a more of a movement experience for people um so be, because you know people are just always on i think their their experience of movement is very stale so you're right it's just um we're working out at a lower intensity or i guess you consider it just not necessarily working out some people i will push them because maybe right. they're trying to get back to sport and we do need to see what happens like or they've they been seeing you for a while and they're at that point in the yeah, progression exactly right. so so we do need to kind of stress test people sometimes mm-hmm. but but yeah we're more kind of at that point once i feel like they're comfortable then they can go back to whatever they um whatever they like to do whether it's crossfit hockey whatever it is um so yeah but our plays, I think they shouldn't look any different, right? We're doing similar stuff, just at maybe different intensities. And, and um, you know, I think we, we are dealing with more pain, whereas you mm-hmm. guys are dealing with more of the higher-level fitness and function and right. um, or they're health. Pain, they're pain-free, looking to increase their fitness level. and then Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So That's I think, cool. Uh, pain and just is also learn how to move properly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any movement. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, cool. any more questions for Mike? No, I'm good. Sweet man. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah. we uh, we have you here every Wednesday, right? Every Wednesday, I'm here, uh, and then uh, Paul, one of our other therapists. Yeah, Paul Forte, also Paul a member Forte. of CrossFit yeah. Sierra. Yeah. It's here yeah. Fridays, so uh, yeah. We'll That's awesome. We'll book an appointment with me if you're ever interested. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. You no got it. Thanks, thanks for being for on. Thanks for being on. And we'll get you in for that second class pretty soon. I'm down. Okay. Let's do it. Sweet. On us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds good. Peace. <laughs>